the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NATO officials say there is no indication the missile that killed two in Poland was fired from Russia. While it appears the missile is Russian-made, there is no evidence that Russia launched it. Republicans officially gained the majority in the House with 218 seats. They're going to get their 218. They're probably going to get a couple more. Americans are feeling inflation pressure around Thanksgiving. A 16-pound turkey now costs almost $30, 21% more than the average cost a year ago. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories. For Thursday, November 17th, I'm Mike Scott. On Wednesday, NATO's chief said there are no indications at this time that the missile that fell on Poland's territory, killing two, was fired from Russia. The NATO chief went on to say that it is far more likely that Ukraine launched the Soviet-era projectile as it was fending off a likely Russian air assault. Poland is in mourning today after a missile that hit near the Ukrainian border killed two civilians at a grain facility. Poland's president says while it appears the missile is Russian-made, there is no evidence that Russia launched it. Three U.S. officials told the Associated Press preliminary assessment suggests the missile was fired by Ukrainian forces at an incoming Russian missile amid a series of Russian strikes near the border. Following an emergency G7 meeting overseas, President Biden cautioned against a rush to judgment. It's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia, but we'll we'll see. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the explosion was no accident. He called it an attack on collective security and a significant escalation, urging other countries to act. This comes after months of global concern the conflict in Ukraine could spread to other European nations. An attack on Poland, a member of NATO, could trigger a response from the 30-nation alliance. I'm going to make sure we figure out exactly what happened. Our empathy simply goes out to apparently two people were killed and... uh, And then we're going to collectively determine our next step as we investigate and proceed. The Polish government says it is raising its military preparedness as it investigates. While President Biden said it was unlikely that Russia fired the missile, he made plain that the U.S. was still supportive of Ukraine. We stand together with Ukraine and Ukrainian people and continue to take issue with Russian behavior, and uh, we're going to continue to support Ukraine as long as Russia continues their aggression. This morning, we've already met with our fellow NATO and G7 leaders to address Russia's latest missile strikes against Kiev and, and western Ukraine. It's just, it's merciless, and it's, uh, I think it borders on, anyway, it's, it's way over the top, what they're doing, and uh, 
And the moment when uh, the world leaders here in Bali are seeking to make progress, the world peace speaking, is striking civilian targets and children and women. I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost, in my, my words, not your barbaric. And uh, Russia can and should stop the war. They have to do it. They can stop it tomorrow. But uh, I'm glad we're on the same page in terms of uh, supporting the Ukrainian people's right to be free and, and, and uh, free of all Russian forces in their country. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says Poland's leader believes the missile came from Ukrainian air defense systems. We're still gathering information, but we have seen nothing that contradicts President Duda's preliminary assessment that this explosion was most likely the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile that unfortunately landed in Poland. Meanwhile, Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, made a few headlines Wednesday when he suggested that now would be the best time for Ukraine to enter talks with Russia. The Joint Chiefs chairman says it's unlikely either Russia or Ukraine will gain a military victory quickly. The probability of Russia achieving its strategic objectives, of conquering Ukraine, of overrunning Ukraine, the probability of that happening is close to zero. I suppose theoretically it's possible. Uh, Maybe, I guess, but I don't see it happening militarily. Milley says a combination of Russian defeats in Ukraine and a potential winter fighting slowdown could lead to negotiations. The Russian military is really hurting bad. So you want to negotiate at a time when you're at your strength and your opponent is at weakness. And it's possible, maybe, that there'll be a political solution. All All I'm saying is there's a possibility for it. On the other hand, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says the U.S. will not dictate when Ukraine should negotiate peace with Russia. The Ukrainians are going to decide that and not not us. Uh, And we will support them for as long as it takes. Turning to an update on the midterm elections, it is official. Republicans have now won 218 seats gaining control of the House, giving conservatives a means to disrupt President Biden's agenda in Washington. Steve Kornacki of MSNBC revealed his updated projection for the House. You're correct. They want to get this thing as high as they possibly could. I think realistically, again, Colorado 3 could give them 219. California 3 could give them 220. They could get to 221 with California 22, maybe 222 with California 13. If they caught a break in that ranked choice runoff in Alaska, maybe 223. But you're really getting that's the limit of our projection right now. We have met 221 plus or minus two. So that's the upper limit. Everything I just walked you through. And in the lower limit, you know, they could lose a California 13 still and they could land, you know, at 221. So they're going to get their 218. They're probably going to get a couple more in our model right now. Our best estimate has it finishing up at 221 to 214. It would be 221 for the Republicans, 214 for the Democrats. And remember, coming into this election, the Republicans had 213. The Democrats had 222. So you would end up looking at a shift there, a gain for the Republicans. It would be they'd get House control. They'd get eight seats. The full scope of the party's majority may not be clear for a few more days, 
as votes in a few competitive races are still being counted. Chris Steyerwalt of News Nation says that independents who flocked to Ron DeSantis in Florida and helped Democrats over the finish line in other swing states were the story of the midterms. People who are persuadable, voters who are persuadable, are less ideological and less partisan. I know that sounds like a duh point, but it's the fact, right? Uh, They are not as hidebound when it comes to the issues. They're more willing to make compromise. They're more willing to accommodate people who they disagree with. Something I tell politicians all the time, but very few manage to understand it. Americans will vote for very liberal people. They will vote for very conservative people, but they're always voting for people. They're voting for a person who they have confidence in. And if you look across the country, what you saw was that in places where governors, senators and holders of major offices were deemed to be competent and good at their work, voters rewarded them. And where candidates were thought to be weird or not up to the job or whatever else, uh, that they paid a price. And that's a good thing. It's partisanship can be fine. But when it clouds your judgment to such a degree that you're not able to make an obvious when it is on those rare occasions that it's obvious, you know, something's wrong there. And that's why we count on independent voters to break the tie. Steyerwald strongly cautioned Democrats that the message that independents were sending was not that they wholeheartedly embrace the Democrat platform. While he's also concerned about infighting in the Republican Party. Well, the Democrats certainly have seemed to have taken the lesson of we don't have to change anything and we can just keep doing exactly what we're doing, which is not what the voters were saying. That is clearly not what the voters were saying. Um, The Republicans are going through yet more, yet again, another round of infighting. I have never seen such bad behavior in a party. And this is now going back to 2012 or before, where they're just at each other's throats constantly. And it stops being about the issues. And it's just about personality. And it's about which which faction gets to control this and that. And it's really ugly. It's really counterproductive. And it tells me that Republicans aren't yet ready to listen to what those independent voters were saying last week. And what they said last week was, do a good job, we'll reward you. They're still locked in this very weird space. Meantime, Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky was reelected as Republican leader Wednesday, easily swatting back a challenge from Florida Senator Rick Scott. The vote was 37 to 10, with one other senator voting present. McConnell is poised to become the Senate's longest serving leader when the new Congress convenes next year. The Senate minority leader says he's not ready just yet to leave his leadership post. Look, I'm not going anywhere. McConnell says he's not offended by being challenged, and he's also grateful for the votes he has received. We had a good opportunity to discuss the various differences. Uh, People had a chance to listen to both candidates. And um, I'm pretty proud of uh, 37 to 10. On Wednesday, the so-called Respect for Marriage Act A bill to codify same-sex marriage cleared a procedural hurdle, which allowed the bill to move forward. On this vote, the yeas are 62, the nays are 37. Three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn having voted in the affirmative. The motion is agreed to. The bill was able to gain some bipartisan support, with a handful of Republicans lending their votes to the final 62 to 37 tally allowing it to clear any filibuster. 
GOP senators voting in favor were Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Capito, Susan Collins, Joni Ernst, Cynthia Loomis, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, and Indiana's Todd Young. Senator Collins of Maine praised the chamber's bipartisan effort. I rise today to express my strong support for the Respect for Marriage Act, a bipartisan bill that Senator Baldwin and I have introduced with our colleagues, Senator Feinstein, Senator Portman, Senator Sinema, and Senator Tillis. Madam President, this bill recognizes the unique and extraordinary importance of marriage on an individual and societal level. It would help promote equality, prevent discrimination, and protect the rights of Americans in same-sex and interracial marriages. It would accomplish these goals while maintaining and indeed strengthening important religious liberty and conscious protections. I'm proud to be the lead Republican sponsor of this legislation, and I'm grateful that a similar bill passed the House with strong bipartisan support. Critics of the bill say the Respect for Marriage Act does not protect religious liberty and would undermine First Amendment freedoms. Stephanie LeBergen of Newsy lays out specifics inside the bill. Um, This is not on final passage of the bill, but it was approved, which is a good thing for Democrats, as Dell was was alluding to. This is something that Democrats want to make sure they get done in this Congress when they control both the House and the Senate. So this bill would require the federal government to recognize marriage as long as it was valid in the state where it happened, valid in the state where the marriage license was issued. Now, it does not require all 50 states to perform and allow same-sex marriages. That's not what this does. It just makes sure that the states that do allow it, they are federally recognized, guarantees those marriages get the full faith and credit. LeBergen goes on to say that the new language in the bill means this bill has to go back to the House. Now, there was a new bipartisan amendment that was added and uh, released earlier this week that clarified some of the language to appease some Republican concerns to make sure that the bill does not seen as uh, violating religious liberty, that uh, religious groups aren't required to perform um, goods or services for same-sex couples if that you know goes against their beliefs. Um, that new language means, though, that this bill is going to have to go back to the House eventually, again, once it passes the Senate. We are not there quite yet. Um, We don't know exactly when the vote is going to be on final passage of this bill, but reaching that first hurdle today, again, this procedural vote, achieving 62 votes, two votes more than they even needed, um, definitely a good step. We just don't know how quickly Democrats are going to be able to get all the senators, if they're able to get everyone to agree and vote on this before they go on their Thanksgiving break at the end of this week, or if it's going to have to wait until after Thanksgiving, but definitely Democrats certainly uh, expected to be happy with the Vote result today. However, Kristen Wagoner, CEO of the Alliance Defending Freedom, said in a statement that, quote, right now, 
government officials across the country, including the Biden administration, argue in court that individuals and religious organizations who love and work with people from all walks of life should face civil and criminal penalties if they don't abandon their beliefs on the issue, end quote. According to a new report from the Farm Bureau, the cost of hosting a Thanksgiving Day dinner has jumped over 20 percent. The report points out that the average cost for a family of 10 is $64.05, while last year it was $53.31. That's a $10.74 increase. Leland Vittert of News Nation breaks down some of the numbers on what your Thanksgiving Day meal may cost. Inflation might be going down. That doesn't mean prices are anywhere close to going down. In fact, prices are still going up, just not quite as fast. Consider the price of Thanksgiving next week, as reported by our friends at Axios. Year over year, a 16-pound turkey now costs almost $30, 21% more than the average cost a year ago. All right. The survey found holiday staples with the biggest prices increases include a 14 bag of cube stuffing up 69%, two frozen pie crusts up 26%, whipped cream also up 26% just in one year, a pound of frozen peas up 23%. I never liked peas, but there you go. Frozen dinners rolls up 22%, 30 ounce can of pumpkin pie mix up 18%. In total, Thanksgiving will cost the average American family 21% more than last year. Contributing to the price increase is inflation, but other factors include supply chain disruptions and the war in Ukraine. Kyla Braun is an economic analyst and says while the economy is showing a few green shoots and promising signs, we are not out of the woods. I wouldn't say it's over, but we are seeing some signs of hope. Uh, Most recently, of course, we had the CPI report last week, the Consumer Price Index, where really our look at consumer inflation. Uh, And as you did mention in your segment, inflation slowed more than people expected. And that was the first sort of positive surprise we've had with inflation, inflation slowing faster than expected in a while. So that was a really good sign. Uh, It's one of those things where, of course, the level is still way too high, Um, up 7.7% in the latest report at the top line and core inflation, that stickier inflation up 6.3%. We really need those numbers closer to around 2%. That's the Fed's target. Uh, But it is slowing considerably from where it was. As you can see in the graphic in, in June, we had it much higher. So we're heading in the right direction, but it's still bad. Braun says that while tech layoffs are very concerning, there is hope that they won't spread too far into other industries. Potentially, but not necessarily. What we do know is that uh, these, as long as inflation stays high uh, and interest rates continue to climb, the Fed's job is not done. We are anticipating that unemployment is likely to keep rising as long as interest rates you know, stay high, keep going up. Um, as they're expected to do with inflation still not under control. So unemployment overall, we can expect that number to rise a bit. But what's promising is that it hasn't come up that much yet. The Farm Bureau started its Thanksgiving survey in 1986 and has kept its classic menu the same, meaning 2022 will be the most expensive dinner in the survey's 37-year history. 
Elon Musk is giving Twitter workers until the close of business Thursday to decide whether they want to keep their jobs. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more on the emails going back and forth at the social media platform. According to an email new owner Elon Musk sent to Twitter workers, they have until 5 p.m. Thursday to click yes on a link if they want to be part of the new Twitter, which he calls a software and servers company at its heart. Employees who don't reply by that time will receive three-month severance pay, according to the email. Musk said Twitter will be much more engineering-driven with employees who write great code comprising the majority. The billionaire who completed the $44 billion takeover of the social media site last month has already fired much of its full-time workforce by email. Julie Walker, New York. A man who killed six in a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, gets life with no release. Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer has more on the courtroom drama. The man who drove an SUV through a Christmas parade in suburban Milwaukee on November 21st, 2021, has been sentenced to life in prison with no chance of release. The judge sentenced 40-year-old Daryl Brooks Jr. on 76 charges, including six counts of first-degree intentional homicide. Each homicide count carries a mandatory life sentence. Brooks drove his Red Ford Escape through the parade in downtown Waukesha after getting into a fight with his ex-girlfriend. Six people were killed, including an eight-year-old boy who was marching with his baseball team, as well as three members of a group known as the Dancing Grannies. Scores of others were injured. I'm Lisa Dwyer. And finally, NASA's new moon rocket has blasted off on its debut flight with three test dummies on board. The launch brings the U.S. a big step closer to putting astronauts back on the moon for the first time since the end of the Apollo program 50 years ago. Four stage engine start. Three, two, one. Boosters in ignition. NASA's new moon rocket blasted off Wednesday morning. And if all goes well with the three-week test flight, the crew capsule will be propelled into a wide orbit around the moon before returning to Earth with a Pacific splashdown in December. During the launch, Daryl Knoll of NASA says, this is for all of us. And liftoff of Artemis 1. We rise together back to the moon and beyond. NASA hopes to send four astronauts around the moon on the next flight in 2024 and land humans there as early as 2025. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.